0: Today's conversation is especially exciting for champagne lovers. We're talking with Camille Cox from Champagne Jeepers. She's a global expert with champagne and has over a decade of experience working with the biggest names in the business. We're going to get her opinion on the best bottles, the best vintages, her favorite food pairings, and learn more about her company's region of France and the future of champagne. With all that said... Let's start our conversation with Camille Cox from Champagne Jeepers. Camille, hello, and welcome to Flavor Report. Thank you for joining us today. I'm excited to talk with you.
1: Thank you, Joe, for having me. We finally made it happen.
0: Absolutely, I've been looking forward to this. Uh, so let's jump right in because I know you you're a very busy schedule. We always like to start with a get to know you type of a question. Um, many people relate champagne to celebrations. Can you share a favorite memory where you celebrated with champagne?
1: Oh, there's, God, there's so many, I, I I, can't even begin to tell you. But the one thing I can say is that you always should carry champagne because in victory, you deserve champagne and in defeat, you need it. As they say, that was Napoleon Bonaparte, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think my most um, memorable toast with champagne um, are personal victories, of course, And of course, business victories, as you can imagine. Uh, I've been selling champagne for a very long time and I can name a couple that come um, to mind. One of them mostly uh, a few years back with uh, getting the business at the Delta Airlines lounges, um, putting another maison there at the time, the house that I was working for at the time, Um, that was a, a big victory in itself. Um, and just little victories in life each and every day. Um, you know, I think every day is a celebration. And I think it could be just walking across the street, being able to have a great yoga class, uh, celebrating with friends. So I think it's all relative and how you look at it and how you live your life. Um, but I think every day calls for champagne, to be completely honest with you.
0: I love that line. Every day calls for champagne. I am May use that.
1: Yes, Uh, thank you.
0: Jeeper has an interesting story behind it based on the end of World War II. Yes. uh, Based on Adventurous Spirit. Yes. First production on was back in 2010. Yes. Can you give us just a very brief history lesson of Jeeper that brings us up to present day?
1: I sure can so as you know many champagne houses have great stories and that's the great thing about champagne every maison has their story and the fact that you get to go back and look at it and recount it and recall and find out how it became is super fascinating to me as i said to you i've worked for other maisons that had great histories had great teachers over the years um, and I was so fortunate for that. And when I had the chance to to join Jeeper, I went back to look at the story. And of course, it was a family, the Goutrave family. And you'll have to, ex, you'll have to kind of excuse my Southern French accent. I always say that my French is Southern French. Um, and it's kind of a joke with my friends at Noby because I am a Southerner, if you cannot tell. Um, and when we met in person, I told you the same thing. So Um, The Gortrap family was a family that of course started in the 1800s making champagne and of course it it, it had its heyday and then it floundered and then it had its heyday and it changed hands for quite some time and then there was a gentleman by the name of Armand Gortraub who was working his family vineyards and he of course had to be called to war and uh, ended up in a house in a location undisclosed of course everybody was fighting against the resistance at that time. Um, And he happened to be uh, holed up in a a place with some American soldiers, and they were being bombed. And consequently, they were all trying to help save each other's lives. But from what history tells us, and the story is, is that Armand was a gentleman who took it upon himself to risk his own life to pull some American GIs away from the building that was going to be bombed and, of course, destroyed. Possibly losing their lives. And in doing so, he impeded his leg and went back to, of course, look over his vineyards. And, you know, in Champaign, the hills aren't, they're steep. They're not high, but they're steep. And he impeded him being able to look over his vineyards and really carry on his day to day operations. And the U.S. Army got hold of the story and some of the soldiers that he saved their lives. Wanted to pay tribute to him and all in all humbleness to thank him for saving their lives. So the US military gave him a Jeep, a Willie's Jeep. And he rode around, of course, in the villages and he became known as Mr. Jeeperman. And two years later, you know what? He said, I think I'm just going to name my vineyards Jeeper. So there was born Jeeper in 1949 because of a wonderful gift that the U.S. Army bequeathed to him and all thankfulness. And, and like I said, um, for, for saving someone's life. I mean, is there really a price tag you can put on that? Of course not. But it's something we still have the Jeep today. Property, (laughs) Um, and it's there, and it's just such a great story. You know, a lot of people say, "Can't you change the name?" No, I I love the name, (laughs) and I think it kind of sets us apart. And I think it's easy for people to say because, as we know, people are afraid to pronounce. I'm super afraid to (laughs) pronounce French names. Uh, You know, it's funny when I meet people; they hear that my name is Camille, and they start to start to speak French to me. And I'm like, whoa, 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 I, I only know just a little bit, some of the good words and some of the bad words. So, <laughs> um, but it's easy. And I think it it kind of lends character on so many levels, especially the story and then what we're trying to do and, and what we're doing and what our plans for the future are as well.
0: So now let's talk about the actual location, the vineyard yes. and how the area, the grapes are planted to create Jeepers unique taste. Can we talk about the tour and the regions a little bit?
1: Yeah, we can. Of course, we're located about 30 miles northwest of France. Uh, we're located in the uh, Mont de Rennes. And of course, we. Uh, my French is getting a little bit better as we go along, right? Uh, the Mar- Mont de Rennes, the Côte de Blanc. Um, so we're right located in those areas. And um, we are mostly a Chardonnay house. And uh, we use Chardonnay of course as our primary grape. Uh, we make eight different wines under the Jeeper label. Uh, we do have two great certifications for being biodynamic and organic and um, our extra Brut is organic. Um, and it's not through traditional Brut non-vintage. We call it Grand Assemblage. Our flagship for the winery is our Blanc de Blanc. And of course we have our bottles color-coded uh, in terms of the labels so that they stand out significantly that way to consumers. Um, of course, that area, of course, is cooler. Of course, uh, cool, cool nights, a little bit of frost, but beautiful, pristine, crisp grapes from those regions, from the subregions in Champaign. Um, and we've never moved from there. We own about 80 hectares. We don't buy any grapes. We use our own grapes. Um, we have the capacity to make 3.5 million bottles, but we hope to make more uh, with some partnerships that we've kind of acquired. And then having Michel Clavier as a new partner with uh, Nicolas, who is the current owner of, and, and partner as well with Michel Clavier, who makes the wines too, Nicolas Dubois. So uh it, it makes us stand apart uh, from that. We're not right in the middle of we are we're, we're out there, believe it or not. So when you come to Hans, you're not going to see us. you're going to have to get on the train or take a little cab and and, and make it to Jeeper.
0: That's perfect, though. That's a fun area. Um, so, I love talking about process because a lot of our audience, some of them are very basic, 101, some are more uh, connoisseurs but still, I I love giving a behind the scenes peek into how your champagne gets made. So Mm -hmm. can you share a little bit of the process and how, how, what makes your champagne so unique?
1: Well, I think what makes us a little bit more unique is, you know, a lot of champagne houses only use steel vats now. We're still kind of old school. We do use some, um, uh, Burgundy barrels, if you will, we um, have one of the biggest barrel rooms behind Krug and Bollinger, we have about 1200 barrels that we use so for instance our grand assemblage which happens to be our brute non vintage if you will, we uh, age, uh, we age 20% of the Chardonnay that we use in that blend, we age it for two years in um, Burgundy oak barrels. And then we, they are used barrels, believe it or not. And then we do the aging of the leaves. We lay it down for about four years. So that two years, excuse me, um, the 20% Chardonnay laying down for two years then the four years makes it a total of six years. So you get a totally different taste. There's a little bit of maturity there with the oak barrels if you will. Um it's it's something completely different. I've I've worked for houses that were stainless steel. So this is something new for me as well too. So the aging process and there is some malolactic, it just depends on which cuvée we're speaking about. Um we um we 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 are very much okay with holding our wines a little bit longer. We're not big production. We're not a a grower champagne house by any means. We're just over the hump, if you will, as a boutique champagne house. Um, we're just getting started here in the United States. Of course, our biggest production and where we sell the most champagne is in France, but opening up the United States, it's tough to build a champagne brand in the US to believe it or not. It, it's super, super tough. The last time I checked, if I'm not mistaken, and I, my, my research or data tells me a little bit different, but there's X amount of, the last time I checked, over 600 champagne brands registered in the United States for for sale. And as you can imagine, most of those don't, you know, they get a little traction here and there, but it takes a lot of money, a lot of effort to build a champagne brand. And that's not the easiest thing to do, especially when you have a giant that we all know who it is. Um, (laughs) And they own about 73% of the total market here in the U.S., so everybody's fighting for that market share. So it's super tough and you have to find a way to differentiate yourself from that, you know, what makes you stand out. And I think that's what Jeeper having the name and the story and the total difference of not having stainless steel aging as much as and that we're melolactic and that we do use oak barrels in some of our cuvées.
0: I, I really appreciate that. Uh. That's you know one of the reasons I wanted to talk to you is a few weeks ago when I had the chance to actually taste through the the bottles, it did have such a unique taste. And it had all the blossom you'd expect from a champagne, but oh, yeah. it also had so much more. And so yeah. that's why that's why I was so excited about it. Um, and with all that said, let's talk about the actual bottles. Uh, tell me a bit about if you want to go through all of them or pick one or two or three. Which ones would you like to talk about? How they were made, and then things like a flavor profile,
1: Definitely. So we'll start I with, uh, you know, because I've mentioned the Grand Assemblage, which is our Brut non-Vintage. So we call it Grand Assemblage. It's a green label. And I just told you a little bit about that. But the one that is our flagship is our Blanc de Blanc. And again, 40% of the Chardonnay used in that blend is, of course, two years in burgundy oak barrels. They're used barrels. Then we age it for five years. And then it's melalactic fermentation again. And those, barrels are both merceau and, and uh merceau barrels believe it or not so it is we also make that in half bottles we that's one of the few things too that we we're not big on making different sizes we kind of chose our poison if you will so the blanc de blanc um, is our flagship like i said we make it in half bottles I think our bottles are beautiful. Um, we have a patent on the bottle. And I don't know if you got a chance to open one of the bottles that I sent to you. I don't know if you noticed how easy it was to take off the foil. And then I don't know if you noticed, and I'm sorry, we probably should have demonstrated it here uh, on camera. But, no worries. Um, unfortunately, I didn't even think about that. Th- things to learn and and learn <laughs> from and grow from. Um, but underneath, there's not, there's not you're not left with, out anything so there's still a little label underneath the foil that says jeeper which is kind of neat for us um and it speaks volumes because it doesn't leave you a messy uh if you will uh, end up getting paper cuts or you know cuts from the foil cuts what is that that that's saying um a thousand a thousand deaths by paper cuts or or maybe i have it the wrong way but but uh so it's 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 what we've done to kind of make us stand apart so the blanc de blanc is one of those and it's big it's full-bodied it's rich but it's also super elegant it's clean it's crisp um even though it has a big mouthful um and blanc de blancs and any the category blanc de blancs of course and no dosage champagnes are the categories in the last seven to ten years that have really um Ended up getting some traction. I think people are walking away from the norm. Uh, they're walking away from big commercial houses because they want to see what else is out there. And I think having influencers, I follow quite a few of them that are so specific in what they're looking for. And everybody's jumping into the deep end of the pool because they want to see what's out there. They're curious. It's curiosity's sake. And I think it's really helped the champagne business. And I think the champagne business is always always been cyclical. But in the last seven to 10 years, it's really got a hold and people are really embracing champagne. I think for a myriad of reasons, I I hope it continues. Uh, it it to, to great success for every Champagne house because there's so many beautiful wines out there, so many different styles and so many cool things that you can learn. And I think the more the people, of course, because of the terroir, you know, I always say that Champagne is, is a reflection of the mood of the terroir, if you will. Mm. Um, and of course that the Champagne, the terroir from where we are, it's chalky soil, limestone. Um, it lends itself to so many different characteristics in the wine. Um, Then I can talk about the one thing that we do have. We're not a big vintage champagne house. We do have some 2008 left. Um, I think I sent you one of those bottles, which is unheard of because 2008 was probably one of the best vintages of the century. Uh, It was gone in a flash um, and we, with our 2008, we age it for 12 years on the leaves. So we also it's 88% Chardonnay and 12% um, Pinot Noir. So there's that wonderful characteristic and of course it has a little maturity on it has a little oxidation. I'm a vintage champagne girl and a no-dosage champagne girl. So this one fits the bill for me, but it may not be for everyone's uh, taste profile, if you will. Some people, I can always tell being in the business, and it is melalactic as a matter of fact. um, I can always tell at the beginning when I'm doing a tasting with the two lead wines that you start off with in champagne, what someone and it never fails me It's it's always about 95% foolproof what they're going to like in the rest of the range so um that it, it's 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 so um subjective and uh, and objective as well too um so it's it's we The 2008 for me is interesting. Um, And then we do make, uh, we're getting ready to uh, release a new release of Blanc de Blanc coming in May, which I'm super excited about. It'll be no dosage. Um, So just a lot of great things that we're doing. We also now have a partnership. As I mentioned, our owner, one of our owners, Michel Javier, there's a gentleman by the name of Tony Parker who's a former NBA four time NBA champion. And um, he is, of course, a Hall of Famer. I was just with him a couple of weeks ago. Super, super person Mm -hmm. Um, and told us his story about where he came from and how much he loves gastronomy. And he's he's French. A lot of people don't realize that he's from Lyon. And I'm sure the Parisians would beg to differ, but Lyon is supposedly now the gastronomy capital of Paris, from what I'm hearing. So we have him as an ambassador, a gentleman that who really loves wine and very enamored with it, wants to roll his sleeves up. He's helped us with our project, our rosé project that we have in, um, of course, Provence but helping me with Jeeper as well. And uh, it's uh, it's it's a great collaboration. It's been great for me, um, for, for, for the brand, for me helping us build the brand here in the US because we're building our distribution network, which is not an easy thing to do. As I can tell you, I've, I've done it for many years and it's not <laughs> an easy thing to do. So we're looking for new partners um, that want to build a brand with us who we want to be on the ground floor with I feel like you—the people that bring you to the party—are the people you need to stick to. Um, it's easy to be a fair-weather friend, but I am all about loyalty and building a brand with someone and making it happen. And uh, you know, the, the wine business is exploding, um, so there's a lot of opportunities out there. It's just finding our niche and find and letting people know the story, and of course, taste the wines. I think when people taste the wines, it makes all the difference in the world.
0: Completely agree with you. Um, Boy, there's a lot there to dive into. Uh, I'm going to keep it simple for a second and just stick with um, from a flavor profile point of view. Let's talk about food pairings only because, I shouldn't say only because, but for one of the reasons, I don't know that champagne gets enough love when it comes to food. So often we drink champagne by itself, whereas we drink wine with food. And so I'm curious if you have any suggestions about what food to pair with these bottles.
1: I sure do. I, you know, the one thing, the one thing I will say that I mentioned again that I've worked for a couple of maisons. And the very first one I I worked for, um that the woman who was running the company said at, at no time. At any time, are you supposed to 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 pair champagne with chocolate or strawberries? And I think that fallacy of pretty woman when she's you know uh, having her uh, floor picnic, as she called it in the movie, and she's drinking champagne and she's having strawberries. They are very acidic, but I think it's really what you want to do. Do I think it's the best pairing? Absolutely not. I've 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 gone through this with many chefs in the past where. I've asked them not to to use chocolate or strawberries, and luckily they did talk to me at the very end of it. But they weren't very very happy. But there's so many great things out there that you can pair champagne with, and you know the the new thing is champagne and chicken, fried chicken. As a southerner, I'm a fried chicken lover. It's an incredible pairing. Um, I also think sea salt potato chips with a non dosage champagne are absolutely fabulous. But let's look at the classics, what about Ratatouille from France, you know something that you don't really ever think about, you know it's always the 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 ones that are there that you can think about, uh, gratin potatoes are an amazing, amazing pairing. If you're a big potato lover, as I am, um, it's just great. So I think the sky's the limit, depending on what it is you're drinking. Of course, no dosage champagnes aren't going to be great with everything. I also love dim dim sum and champagne, to be completely honest with you. So all the pairings that non-traditional, if you will, kind of thinking outside the box Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: really making it an opportunity to to see where you can take it. Are you gonna push the limit? And I'm all about pushing the limits on a lot of things. And and nobody should be uh, chastised for that Mm. on any level. So if somebody likes what they like, they like what they like. And I think the traditional many years ago, or are you having chicken for dinner? You can only have white, and you can. So I love the fact that that's out out the door now. If you will, I have a friend that's staying with me this week, and he happens to be a winemaker, owner of Messiah, uh, a Lebanese winery, and uh, pushing the limits and tasting his wine with him as a house guest here is fun because it's great to see so many different things that you wouldn't think of. Always pushing the limits, and I think. People have learned more and more about wine every day. They're so enamored with it. And I think the pandemic gave us all an opportunity to stop, take a minute, take a breath, slow down, maybe enjoy the things or get into things that we didn't have the time to do. And I I think gastronomy is one of them. People now love to make food at home. People love to drink wine at home. I mean, we saw that with the pandemic with sales. Mm -hmm. How crazy wine sales were! Um, so there's a lot of opportunity um, everywhere you look. So, but I like the classics. Uh, you know, Cucavun, uh, all the great classics. So I, I'm a food, I'm a foodie in terms of I could afford to skip a meal, but I don't. But I love food, and I think drinking it the way you want to drink it and the way you want to enjoy it is paramount. Paramount. I don't think there should be any rules put around that on any level.
0: I I like that. Drink how how you want to drink it. There's a lot of there's a lot of good opportunity there, especially because there's so many different tastes to play with. And you brought up some really great examples of that. You're making me hungry. And a few weeks ago (laughs) you you gave me some great flavors to taste. So thank you for that. And as everyone's hearing a story and getting to know your bottles, What's the big request? What what can our audience who's watching and listening to you now, what can we do for you? What 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 how can we help Jeeper?
1: You know, I think well, helping Jeeper is, of course, buy some, of course, where, where we we're distributed. Um, we're working on that. Um, that's a process that takes quite some time. But I think what people need to realize is that like I said, walk away from the big commercial brands. And and I don't mean that to say, walk away from them completely. And that's not probably the right thing to say, but give something new a chance. You know, There's a lot of pretty labels on a shelf, but there's so many great labels on a shelf. Um, You know, wherever you buy wine, take an opportunity to just treat yourself to something completely different because you never know what's going to happen. It could end up being your favorite wine and you just don't realize it. Um, To expand your opportunity and your horizons. And that's what life is all about. And I think with so many champagnes out there, there there's so many great champagne brands that aren't Jeeper that i love and and covet in my heart and know that gosh if somebody's up in that bottle i'm gonna i'm gonna go drink it too um and i'm i'm falling in love with Jeeper in a different way too because it's something completely different than what i've sold in the past so i'm learning to love it too and to fi- figure out who my favorite children are in the portfolio so i think really taking an opportunity to push the boundaries think outside the box, live a little. okay you you bought a bottle but there's some great champagnes out there that are really economical. We know we've taken a little bit of a price increase but treat yourself you'll be glad that you did. I think it it expands your horizons and makes you see so many other things you didn't see before.
0: I love that expand your horizons. I, I like that one too. Um, so where can we find you to buy you and, and what social media is Jeepers on? How can we follow you? Uh, so
1: Jeeper, you can Champagne Jeeper. We're credited by Champagne Jeeper. So we're currently in the following markets, New York, Florida, Ohio. We just opened up, uh, North Carolina. We just opened up South, uh, not South Carolina. My apologies, Georgia. Um, we are opening up Colorado. I'm just waiting, <laughs> waiting on some compliance issues, you know, every state, the funny thing is in France, they go, we want to go fast. And I'm like, well, you know, I want to go fast too, but it's 50 states with 50 different laws. And that's how we have to adhere to everything. So it just doesn't happen overnight. Uh, Nevada, we are opening up in California. So there's a lot to be done. Um, our most vibrant market at the moment is Florida. We have a incredible distributor in South Florida. He's a small distributor and he happens to be French and his passion, uh, is just amazing. Um, it's, uh, he's excitable and he loves what he does. And I have some great friends down in Florida that have been great for us. I'm going to take the chance to mention one of them, Virginia Phillips, who happens to be a master sommelier. Um, that runs the Breakers Hotel, along with the other people that are on her team, Juan Gomez and and one other young man. And they're pouring the grand assemblage um, by the glass at the Breakers. Uh-huh. Um, so they're, um, we're super excited about that. I I just, you know, super excited. I don't even have any words. I'm elated over elated and over the moon about that. So we have a lot of people that have reached out that know me from, from, um, other maisons. And have said, Mm -hmm. we're ready to help you. Let's do this. So it's going to take some time and it's a process, but I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Like I said, open your mind, open your heart, you know, champagne is, is very emotional. So I think there's the connection with that as well
0: that's beautiful that's a beautiful connection so we can buy you in stores we yes. can buy it online and of you course cannot can buy it you, on online. you, you cannot, cannot you can
1: you can in certain stores i can always give you the information but just follow mm-hmm. us on instagram we're getting more indoctrinated uh mm-hmm. with our instagram here for the u.s i, I did tell him hey you know there's a lot of different nuances we have to do in the u.s and we're working on that but it at it does not fall on deaf ears and we're getting, we're getting some traction and it's exciting. Like I said, I think people are opening their hearts and their minds and to have someone like the breakers open their hearts and minds and do something like this. That's completely off the grid. That's a big deal to us as well too.
0: Well, that's incredible. Camille. thank you so much for your time. I loved hearing the stories. Obviously I love tasting and I look forward to tasting again soon But I just wanted to say thank you for sharing the stories, and uh, this has been a great time. I appreciate it. Thank you
1: so much. And I should say merci beaucoup.
0: Big, big thank you to Camille Cox from Champagne Jeepers. Thank you to our production team, and thank you to you for listening. I'll see you next time.